Hello and welcome to the Property Investing Australia podcast, where we'll be covering the right way to invest in property without taking the unnecessary risks, how to manage your money, and how to build the right mindset so that you can achieve your financial and wealth building goals. I'm your host, Nero Dambi Pillay. I have been investing in property in Australia for the last 21 years. And ever since I bought that first property all the way back in 2002, I have heard on multiple occasions people tell me the property market is going to crash. Now they've been wrong every single time. But you know what's even more amazing than that? They keep coming up with the same five reasons as to why the property market is going to crash. Sure, they may use slightly different terms, but they are still referring to the same five reasons. So today, I'm gonna go through each of the five so-called logical reasons why they say the property market is going to crash. And then I'm gonna give you proof, charts, and data to show you categorically why they're wrong. So if that's what you want, stay tuned. Hi, my name's Nero, and before I get into the first reason, let me just say this. If you're someone who has been fooled by all these people telling you that the property market is going to crash, it's not your fault. You see, buying a property, whether it's your own home or an investment property, is an expensive purchase, no matter what price point you're looking at. And so it can be quite scary. And then when you see all these doomsday folk coming out and giving you so-called logical reasons as to why the property market is going to crash, it's easy to fall for what they're saying. And the problem though is it ends up costing you big. That's why I wanna talk about every single one of the reasons why they say the property market will crash so then you can make a more informed decision and actually understand why they're wrong. So let's begin with reason number one. You've been hearing it time after time, the fixed rate mortgage cliff. We hear it night after night. 800,000 Australian borrowers running into a mortgage cliff. Now, the fixed rate mortgage cliff, well, that's the term that they're using in 2023 to say that many homeowners won't be able to afford their repayment. This argument has been made multiple times in, in the past, and it makes sense, right? I mean, if you think about it, the argument is essentially people got home loans at record low rates, now interest rates have risen considerably, these fixed rates are going to be rolling off and people are now going to be making mortgage payments that are potentially double or more than what they used to be paying. And that means that, well, they can't afford their repayments, right? Because who can afford your mortgage repayments to double? That means that people will have to fire sell their properties and crash the market, right? It sort of makes sense, except it doesn't take into account all the pertinent information. And that's the problem with these doomsday folk. They don't take into consideration all the actual facts and figures. So to get to the truth behind this fixed rate mortgage cliff, what we need to do is look at the loans that the banks have and how many mortgage holders are in distress. And that's when you start to see a slightly different picture. Australia's late home loan repayment level pleases banks. This article then goes on to say, the CEOs of Australia's two biggest banks said on Thursday, a tight labor market was keeping late home loan repayments below historic levels, even after a year of rising interest rates, but warned 
that living costs would squeeze the economy in 2023. The updates from Commonwealth Bank of Australia and Westpac gave a sense that the Australian $2 trillion mortgage market, a bedrock of the world's 13th largest economy, may avoid a downturn that economists feared when our central bank began raising rates in May 2022. Economists had warned the expiry of 1 million fixed rate mortgages to roll into higher variable rates from 2023 would leave people unable to make repayments, a scenario referred to as a mortgage cliff. But halfway into that transition, and that's a key point because in the middle of 2023, that was when we hit the halfway point in terms of these fixed rate loans rolling over into variable. And so far, all four banks have reported little effect, citing the record low 3.5% unemployment. Westpac had switched $40 billion of mortgages from fixed to variable. And at this point, we're not seeing a lot of stress coming out, says the Westpac CEO. And then this article from Reuters says, no Australia mortgage cliff in sight after rate hikes, says top banks. But the CEOs of National Australia Bank and ANZ Group, the number three and number four lenders, told a parliamentary hearing on Wednesday that they were seeing only a slight increase in borrower stress in the $2 trillion mortgage market. We've been pleasantly surprised at the resilience that has been shown to date, NAB CEO Ross McEwen told the House of Representatives Economics Committee hearing. We're starting to see an uptick where customers have not been able to make a payment, but the levels that we're seeing are still below the 10-year average. And that's the key point. Yes, some people might be struggling with their mortgage, but it's not enough to crash the market, as you're seeing here from the evidence provided by the banks when we're interrogating their loans. NAB had recently telephoned 8,600 mortgage customers it considered most vulnerable to higher borrowing rates, and just 14 requested support. That's 14 out of 8,600. That's way below 1%. Almost half of NAB's fixed rate mortgage customers had reverted their loans to variable without incident, and the bank did not expect much change as the rest did the same, he said. ANZ CEO Shane Elliott told the inquiry just $6 of every $1,000 owed to his bank for a mortgage repayment was more than 90 days late, which was better than it was before the pandemic. You see, there are always some mortgage holders who are behind on their payments, right? That's been the case regardless of where interest rates are. And all we're seeing right now is that the number of people who are behind on their repayments is in line with long-term averages, if not even better than long-term averages. Borrowers coming off low fixed rate mortgages were less stressed than the average customer, he added. They're prepared for it. They know it's coming. It's not a surprise. So the higher rates are not going to crash the property market, but they will have an impact elsewhere. And that's actually the desired result, the desired effect of these higher interest rate rises. And where are they going to have an impact? They're going to have an impact on the broader economy. Australian fixed mortgage cliff could cut retail sales by 2.2%. The article then goes on to say that the total household cash flow impact will be almost $9 billion, which is equivalent to 2.2% of the calendar year 2022 retail sales. 
So it's the broader economy that will be impacted by this fixed rate cliff, not property prices. Here's a chart which shows growth in new mortgages in Australia without including refinances. So these are just new mortgages. And what you can see from this chart is that in 2023, there has been an uptick. So for all this talk of fixed rate mortgage cliff, there's actually been growth in new mortgages. And that's what's driving property prices higher in many areas around Australia. So if the fixed rate mortgage cliff won't crash the property market, then people come up with reason number two, and it's this. The property market is so expensive. Who's gonna be able to afford these property prices in the future? It's so expensive, so therefore property prices must come down, right? And again, that sort of makes some sort of logical sense in the absence of all the information, right? Because if you think about it, yes, something's expensive. Yes, it's hard to afford property for the average person. So surely that means that property prices are going to crash and come down, doesn't it? Well, have a look at this short video. Excuse me, you've just come out of the auction room. Did you buy a block of land? No. Why not? Too expensive. How, no. much, did, how much did you want to bid? Oh, about 1600 something like that. And what were the prices but, uh, of the blocks the, this the, morning? The last 15 or so blocks have started at 2000 and gone up to anywhere between three and 4000 So what will you do now? Well, we have to wait and hope for the best of the next one. So I don't know whether there's a complete shortage of land or what the position is, but the restricted option was just the same. I mean, it's ridiculous to sort of pay such a lot of money for a block of land when you don't really own it any anyway. That's from 1968. And people thought property prices were expensive back then. So the fact is, property prices have almost always been considered expensive in Australia. I mean, let me ask you, can you ever think of a time when you thought property prices were cheap in Australia, especially if you live in Sydney, Melbourne, or even Canberra, right? I'm guessing the answer is no, it's always been expensive. And as I said, because property prices have always been considered expensive, you don't want them to, to go down, especially if you just bought a, a property. Hence, all this fear-mongering can really, really scare you, right? I mean, have a look at this article from 2008. Sydney house prices could drop by 40%. Some experts don't accept the view of Citigroup that Sydney house prices will not fall. They say we have a housing price bubble that will deflate as all bubbles eventually do. And they're talking about a drop of 40%. That never happened. Right? That's just another example of fear-mongering. You see, the fact is property prices are expensive. They've always been expensive, and yet they continue to rise in value. And there just aren't enough properties available for the number of people who want to live here, especially right now when, first of all, we've got migration at record levels. But then secondly, we're not building enough properties. In fact, we're building the lowest number of properties we have in the last 10 years. So at a time when we have more demand than ever for property in Australia, we're actually building one of the lowest numbers on record. What do you think that's gonna to do to, to property prices when demand is so much higher than supply? But then you might be thinking, yeah, but Nero, who is gonna be able to afford property prices at this level. Well, have a look at this. The Lindemans bought their new home at auction and paid in cash. They're part of a growing trend. The article then goes on to say, high interest rates and property prices are not deterring migrants, retirees, and first home buyers drawing on the bank of mum and dad. More migrants are buying property before gaining residency. The article then talks about Helia Singh, who ran a mortgage broking business out of Perth for 20 years, 
and she's noticed a growing trend of migrants moving to Australia on business visas and then using their wealth to purchase property locally, often before they become permanent residents. They are bringing about at least $400,000 to $500,000 as part of their visa requirement, and they are happy to invest at least half of that into the property market to buy their own home. That's why with all of this increase in migration that we're seeing right now, the data shows that roughly one third of migrants coming into this country will be buying their own home within the first six months, and then a bigger number will then go on to buy their home within the first two or three years. This is continually putting upward demand on property. But then have a look at this. Property Exchange Australia, or PEXA, which is the online settlement portal that a lot of lawyers uh, use when you're buying or selling a property, reports this, that cash settlements as a proportion of overall residential sales on the eastern seaboard, so New South Wales, Queensland, and Victoria, are sitting at somewhere between 20 to 25% on average. That means that one in four or one in five properties transacted are done so with no mortgage by the buyer. So therefore, rising interest rates are not gonna have any impact on them, right? Because they've got no mortgage. And considering what I showed you earlier on with the chart, which shows you that mortgage growth is actually rising, it shows you why the Australian property market is so resilient. So even though there are people in Australia who cannot afford to buy property in their local area at their current prices, the fact is because there's more demand than supply, there are enough people who can afford to pay prices of where they are at or even more. And that's what's gonna keep driving property prices higher. But then the doomsday folk will roll out this next chestnut, which is, but it's happened in other countries. They start talking about the US and Ireland and other countries where property prices have crashed and they have in those countries. So what is it that makes Australia different? I'll address that in part two of this video series. Plus, I'll address the other two reasons why they say property prices will crash, and again, they're completely wrong. Hi, it's Nero here again, and thanks so much for listening. If you like what you heard, and you're looking for a full blueprint on how to invest in property to gain a passive income, then go to Nero Book, that's N-I-R-O Book, B-O-O-K, go to Nero Book, .com.au to get a free copy of my book, Wake Up Wealthier, How to Build a Property Portfolio That Pays Your Income Each and Every Month. Now, I used to sell this book for $47, but for a limited time, I'm giving you both the digital version and the audio version totally for free. Now, the reason I'm doing that is because I wanna give more people a chance to get this information. Plus, I also know that a certain number of you when you go through the book, we'll like what you see and you'll reach out um, to find out more about our future services. But even if you don't, that's okay because the book itself is a full blueprint about how to build a property portfolio that pays your passive income, even if you've never invested before. So if that's what you want, then go to nerobook.com.au to get your free version of the book while you still can.